they're obviously much larger scale things than I'm looking at, but still. When it's shaved, it looks a lot bigger. Welcome to your football fantasy. All right, guys, welcome to your football fantasy. Uh, we're ready to rock and roll. We've got a very, very long show ahead of you. So much to talk about today. This is going to be our Coaching Changes Part 2 show. This is the offensive <clears throat> coordinators only. Fortunately, there are only two of us on the couch. Uh, maybe less talking. Maybe it won't last two hours. That's me. I'm Dweez Nuts. With me today is the big whiz ready to share all his coaching knowledge. How you doing? Well, I feel like I've had to hold the show down lately. It's you and me, man. Well, I feel like the rest of these uh, castmates have just been in and out. Like a revolving door. Have you yelled at them about this? That's because we're the OG hosts here. Do you yell at them? Like, do you yell at them about this? Oh, I've given him so much shit. We Who's I, him? Uh, that'd be the bullfrog. Oh. Yesterday, or earlier today, I drove past a doctor mowing his lawn. And I had all the four four kids in the car, mm-hmm. and we all booed him real hard as we drove past. He bu- took a bow. I don't know if he took it right the right way. So, about the doctor, okay? Yeah. I played a game with him today. Okay. Okay, I recommend you try it. But you you and your neighbor have to be mowing the yard at the same time. It's a y- lawn mowing game? You you, lawn mow as you're thing? mowing the, your, your yard, you have to kick soccer balls at each other. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, I kicked two at him, and I drilled them both while he was mowing. <laughs> And of course, doctor. Hit him in the back, hit him in the chest. No, no, he was actually facing me. And he had to you know, stop, he kind of had to stop his mowing. And of course, doctor then tries to kick it back at me. Oh, God. And he just drills the tree like four feet from him and just goes flying off. So, yeah, I mean, he, I think. You that know, sounds like a fun game. It was pretty entertaining. I suggest it. And of course, I was just, you know, just talking about how great I was during it. He was I smiling mean, and walking the opposite way. You nailed him two out of two? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I recommend I'll, it. I'll play with you one day. Just <laughs> let me know. I mean, I have a huge yard, so it takes me 20 minutes to get from one side to the other. But, fuck yeah, I'll kick the ball around. Uh, it's an exciting game, I'm telling you. It's something to do while you're mowing the lawn. That's right. Which is boring as fuck. It's entertaining when you kick it at a doctor. You know what you could do while you're mowing the lawn? Listen to our fantasy football podcast. I do three, I think I caught up. Are you caught up? What, what show is this, 60 or 61? This will be episode 62 or 3. Ooh, then I'm one behind. The last one was good. The hype episode was good. I liked it. The hype one that was we did last week. Yeah. Okay, I didn't listen to that one. You should check it out. I I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not going to be nearly as good as this episode is going to be. The coaching changes. We said this when we did the head coaching show a couple of weeks ago. Most important stuff we talk about all off season, and the offensive coordinator show might be more important than the head coaching show. Uh, tell the people why they should pay attention. Well, I would tell you that these. People that we're talking about never see the field, but the bottom line is they are the ones who that um, have the biggest impact on the players that we're going to talk about all year. That's what I would tell you. That, Absolutely. That, that, that they, they will make or break people's seasons. That's the truth. Just look at what happened in Arizona last year. Arizona? How about Minnesota and Delvin Cook? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to tell you all about some of these guys and what they're going to do to your fantasy players. So take some notes. Now, there are, to be fair, 17 offensive coordinator changes in the league this year we are not going to do a deep dive on all 17 but there's a good reason you'll see what i mean when we get there uh, but first things first 
This week in football. One of the things that came up in last week's show that I played for the wife is when we talked a little shit about her haircut. She didn't like that either. <laughs> All right, in the news this week. Uh, so there was some voting left to do. That voting has has happened. And that, that whole pass interference replay rule that they talked about adding is official. It's been approved for the 2019 season on a trial basis. I want your take real quick. Um, coaches can challenge pass interference calls or pass interference non-calls. I don't think we've talked about this on the show before. Uh, what's your take? Do you like How that? How many times can they do it? Or is it the same thing? You it's just part of their challenges. Okay. So, so, so there's only still two or three Stuart, a game, depending. Two unless you get two, you win That's two correct. and you get another one. Um, yeah, I fucking hate it. I mean, the, the, the one thing that I have a hard time watching these games, um, is, it's, it's, they slow the game down. Early in the year, I feel like the games are so fucking slow. Mm-hmm. And I think this is not... I, honestly, who gives a fuck? So, like, there is the rare occasion that maybe this makes a significant difference in the outcome of a game. Here's, but... the, here's a question for you. Why do they not just do what the NHL does? And sit there and say, okay, we have this fucking people in, in fucking Toronto or New York who just fucking watch and, and just fucking answer the question for you in, t- in 10 seconds. Just overrule if they need to. And they, I, I'm not saying all these, but, like... There, I, I understand watch. that some of those, like, like these Saints play, hey, this is fucking pass interference, this has to be called. Yeah, but that ball was tipped. After he fucking drilled them in the head. No, the ball was tipped at the line. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think it's stupid. I agree with you. I don't love slow slowing things down. And, and the real issue is when they first instituted the replay and the coach's challenge, they were pretty specific, like, um, it's going to be black or white calls only. Pass interference has always been uh, sort of a, a an, an opinion call from the refs. Like it's not it's not yes or no. It's you have to make a determination on the spot whether you think it was enough touch of contact or whatever. Well, so I mean, remember, do you remember Chris, it's a judgment call. Chris Gamble in against fucking uh, Miami. I don't in the championship game. Oh, you talk. Oh, you talk about NCAA. And NCAA, Ohio yeah, Ohio State versus yeah. Miami, and like it's always a judgment call at the end of the game. I, I they typically let them play. Yeah, so it's hard to challenge judgment calls. No two refs in the league call PI the same way, which makes this a tough thing to do. But they're going to try it this year only. It's been approved. It's not approved past this year, so hopefully it, it goes away. Uh, Dante Moncrief, you know, he's in Pittsburgh now. Uh, he, James Washington, that DeAndre Wa- uh, Johnson kid. Deontay Johnson kid that they drafted. They were all kind of vying for a position on this team. Right now, apparently, according to beat writers that are are watching things on the ground in Pittsburgh, Dante Moncrief is, quote, a slam dunk for the number two wide receiver role in Pittsburgh behind Juju Smith-Schuster. Moncrief being the speed guy, um, do you do you like that? Is this somebody that maybe you should put on your radar if he does land that number two spot? Well, I think I think he should be on your radar regardless. Um He's had a few chances. Yeah, well, I, I guess I'm, I'm saying that because of where he's in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, Juju, in my mind, does take over the exact spot of Antonio Brown, right? The, the, you think he's going to get the same targets? Uh, no, he won't. He won't get the same numbers. He's the one, though. But, but he's, he's, clearly he's, he's going one. to take over that that position in that spot, and, and, and he's not going to get the same numbers. But um, they don't have a big receiver. Minecraft does fit that. And a fast receiver, I think. Yeah, he's right. big. He's fast. Think Martavis Bryant. He's everything about that, right? He's that big. He's not only he's that tall, but he's, he's physically tall, but bigger. He's fast as fuck. Mm-hmm. I think he's six one, six two, maybe. I think he's he a little more solid than four four. Yeah, he's big. He's fast. So he's worth putting on your radar if he does land that number two spot. 
So is, you know what? So is James Washington. Uh, yeah. There's like five guys there. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Keep your eye on it. Moncrief is winning that fight right now. We'll see what happens in the offseason. It is, it is a positional battle that you should pay attention to all offseason long, though, because somebody's going to be of value there. Hey, what, what, what do you think the, uh, real quickly, the number two wide receiver puts up number wise? Seven TDs? Six TDs? Uh, yeah. And you're probably looking at. 800 yards, yeah. 900 yards, 7 TDs. So there's and, value. Those, and, and, and I'm, 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 my guess would be if Moncrief wins that spot, if he gets 8 touchdowns, 4 or 5 of those are going to be 40-yard touchdowns, 50-yard There's touchdowns. value whoever wins that position. There is. Uh, Matthew Stafford last year apparently played through a broken back. At he least seemed... for the last four and a half games in the year. Broke his pinky, broke, hurt his chest real bad early on, and then broke his back. Obviously, Stafford had one of his worst years ever, least amount of yards, um, not the least amount of touchdowns, but but right there. Uh, maybe maybe it wasn't just that this Patricia asshole came in and shut him down. Maybe he was playing with a, a broken body. Do you think Matthew Stafford is worth anything this coming season? He's If he's healthy and he's back, he's not playing with a broken back. Look, uh, he ended, I, I don't know where he ended, outside the top 15, but in those four games with the broken back, there were two games where he barely broke 100 yards passing. Like, maybe well, they impacted him. I would say greatly impacted. I mean, obviously, I mean, Stafford's had, the Staffords have had a tough year, right? His wife, I think, had brain surgery for, for a tumor. Some kind of cancer, yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously had a broken back. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that, imp- I mean, he was forever a top 10 quarterback. Do you think he's back there this year? No. But I think he, he's, a, he's, he's a streamer. Sure. Better than where he was. I think he'll have a better season. I mean, he's, he's, sure. he's probably similar to, like, I, he's better than Eli, but, you know, 16 all the way up to 10, somewhere it floats around there continuously. All right. All right, your thing. Big Wiz on his stat of the week. All right. <clears throat> Last year, in 2018, there were three quarterbacks who rushed for as many touchdowns as their as their prime running back on their team. Name them. Well, Scott Josh. R- r- rushed for as many or more. Let's go with Josh Allen. Josh Allen is one of them. He put up five more TDs than fucking LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn fucking shitty McCoy. LaShawn, yeah. Uh, shit, let's see. Who else had a really... Sh- was there a Tampa Bay quarterback? No, because neither of them played long enough to do it. Would it be Deshaun that, that, Watson? That's, that's a great Did guess, though, because those fucking running backs were they, so they bad. sucked. I don't think... Was it Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson is another one. He matched Lamar, Lamar Miller's at five. Ah, one more, huh? One more. I'm going to put it at... I don't think Russell Wilson ran a lot. Did he? He's not it. No? Give me a hint. Um, NFC. That's a great hint. All right. Uh... Think of the only running back who went for over 300 carries last year. Was was Dak? Did Dak? How many touchdowns did Zeke? Six. I, I wanted to guess Dak because we he only, only had six TDs. What Dak. T- yeah, that's fucked up, isn't it? That is shocking. Yeah, I mean, like, so like the Josh Allen was kind of a giveaway. I, sure. Yeah, I thought that was easy. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I thought that was a fair guess because Lamar Miller just put up a decent enough numbers. Score but the Dak Prescott. Zeke Elliott having the same amount of rushing touchdowns is fucking mind-numbing. That's crazy. He had 300 fucking touches and what, 1,500 yards? How much higher than the next best running back is Zeke going to finish this season? He's your number one, right? 
We're going to do our running back. No, no, I think Barkley's my number one. We're going to do our running back rankings next week, so we'll talk about that. But you got Barkley ahead, huh? Mm-hmm. Even with the catches that Zeke had last year, you got to see some of that. Well, Barkley over. was fucking getting 10 catches a game. Yeah. I mean, we'll have that discussion next week, but, God, if he only managed six, that's going to come up. That has to come up. Has to come up. He had 300 he was, carries. He was, yeah, he was, he's good. All right, real quick. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. You heard about this Denver Little League baseball game? Nope. So there's a Little League baseball game in Denver. Seven-year-olds. This is T-ball. Maybe maybe the first year of coach's pitch. Umpire's 13 years old. Just a kid. Okay. Right? He makes a call. The fans don't like it. And there's a full-on, uh, oh, not bench-clearing, but stand-clearing brawl. These I did about that. There's video of this. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous video. Just grown-ass adults beating the shit out of each other. What do they do to the ump? Over, I didn't see the ump in the video. I assume he ran away. I, I'm hoping that none of these adults had the balls on him to punch a 13 year old kid in the head. Um, but what was I mean, it? So was it was a strike? What was it? I don't know what the call. I couldn't find what the call was. But they just fucking threw down. There's a manhunt going on right now in the Lakeview area of Denver for one of the guys who took a cheap shot and actually injured. So like he punched somebody in the back of the head when he went looking. There's a manhunt because he ran. Like, the cops are looking for this guy from this Little League seven-year-old. That's not even Little League. That's like T-ball. That's T-ball or first-year coaches. Yeah, farm league. Fucking brawl, man. There were so many people out there, and they were being pretty vicious. What the well, fuck's wrong with you? So was was this? Uh, I, I don't. Denver's a pretty classy area in general. What's Lakeview? Is it? Is it? No idea. No idea. Is it? Is it lower class? Uh, Did I don't it know if I should say this on the air. There are a lot of Mexicans in the video. A lot of Hispanics. That's the same thing. No, you don't know that. It could be Guatemala. That's fine. <laughs> Guatemala, Mexico. They're all close enough. Uh, that's it. Let's jump into our main event. This is the coaching changes. All right. So, like I said, there were, what I say, 17? 17 offensive yeah. coordinator coaching changes. Uh, we're going to start here. We're going to talk about every single one of them, most of them very briefly. Uh, this group of offensive coordinators don't matter because they're not going to be calling the plays. It's the head coach's offense, right? We talked about the head coaches a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, these guys are totally irrelevant. These are guys like in Arizona. Tom Clements comes in. This is Kingsbury's offense. It's Kingsbury's. Uh, uh, yeah, he's calling the plays. Period. So yes. Clements is a figurehead, like the Queen of England. Yep. Cincinnati, Brian Callahan. Zach Taylor's calling that offense. It's his fucking show. It's his first time he gets to actually do something. Yeah, Callahan's nothing. Yeah. In Cleveland, Todd Munkin comes in as the OC. Doesn't matter. Kitchens is running the offensive show. Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay. We talked about LaFleur plenty last week. It's going to be a garbage offense. But uh, Hackett's not going to have anything to do with it. Correct. In Houston. Now, this one could matter. Tim Kelly is coming in in Houston. And, you know, you put in the notes here that Bill O'Brien's going to be calling the plays, which is a good call because Bill O'Brien loves to call plays. Correct. That's what he does. But nobody on that team or in the organization has actually committed to saying Bill O'Brien is going to continue to call the plays. So we'll see. Well, yeah, this I, is, this I think it's a relatively safe assumption because they were good last year. There's very few coaches that this can actually do it yeah and he's he's okay at it i mean he's got a lot of weapons offensively he's good enough yeah probably pretty easy to call plays with deshaun watson um deandre hopkins whatever 
Uh, but we'll, So we'll see. We can come back to that, Tim Kelly. If he does end up calling the plays, we'll talk about him. Last one here is Dowell Loggins. Oh, your Bears guy. He's just following Gase around, and <laughs> he does nothing that. there because Gase runs the entire offense. So we don't care. None of those guys Unfortunately, are Unfortunately, Doctor's not here to talk about Gase, though. If if only. I was. I wish he was here to talk about one of the next guys on our next list. Uh, so those are irrelevant. We don't care. We talked about the head coaches already. That was what you need to pay attention to for those teams. Now, there's a handful of guys here that uh, they're coming in as OCs, and they may be calling plays. They may have something to do with the offense, but there's legitimately no way to know what the fuck they're going to be. There's nothing, not a single play called in their history. Like, we don't know anything. But the, the reason guys. I think these guys are in different categories is because these guys are going to, they will have an impact. They will have an impact, but we didn't want to take time on our episode today to talk about them because we don't know anything about them. We would be making wild fucking guesses. Well, that's what we, that's what you usually do. Sure. Uh, in short, so short list in Dallas, Kellen Moore, we've talked about this, him a couple of times in the show. He's going to let his players help him make the playbook. That's all we know about him. Uh, in Tennessee, Arthur Smith, uh, was, he's done a bunch of jobs for this team, been there since 2011. Last job he had was the tight ends coach, but we don't know anything about the man because he's never had an opportunity to have an impact really on the team. So why bother talking about him? Also, the Titans' offense is going to be garbage anyway. It can, will it be worse? I don't know that it can be much worse than it has been. I expect both. You we'll said, see what Mariota you, can you do. You said Kellen Moore, and I expect Tennessee. I expect both those offenses to improve from the previous year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dallas' offense is good at the end, but we'll see. Lastly, another really shitty offense. And this one does not matter. Miami Dolphins. Chad O'Shea. Uh, he spent 10 years as a wide receivers coach in New England. The only reason I would mention his name at all is to say that I like Albert Wilson, who's a <laughs> wide receiver. Uh, I heard. I'm not sure. I how heard many another relevant players say this today. They said, "Look, Chad O'Shea spent the last ten years as a wide receivers coach in New England. Who was? Who is the big wide receiver from New England over the last handful of years that meant anything to anybody?" Um, well, it would be Edelman. Julian Edelman. Which wide receiver on the Miami Dolphins roster play, can play like or play the role of Julian Edelman? Kalen Blush? That, <laughs> that would be Albert Wilson. <laughs> Point is, we don't know anything about this guy. He's never done anything, so we're not going to talk about him. None of those guys uh, are part of our show because we'd be making wild dart throws, and we don't want to do that for you. We want to spend some time. We did a lot of research on these other eight, and we're going to spend a shitload of time talking about them. Yep. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start off with one of yours? I will start at the bottom, the guy that I least want to talk about, and that's Byron Leffridge in Tampa Bay. Okay. He's running the Bruce Arians offense, right? He's a disciple. For, for Bruce Arians. For, for Bruce Arians. He's a, dis, he's a That's his disciple. He was the offensive coordinator last year in, in 2018 in Arizona when Mike McCoy was fired after seven games. So he has we have we have nine games of him as the Oak the offensive coordinator. He runs a spread offense and he likes more of a vertical game. He uses play action and he focuses on matchups. So that's the that's the impressive part here. Um, the good thing I think is the, the important part that he did in Arizona, remember how bad David Johnson was early on? Yeah, very bad. Leftwich takes over and he and he starts using his best player. And I think that that's important. That's useful. I think this is good for Mike Evans. He, okay. he is the best talent on this team. Sure. Also good for OJ Howard. Okay, he's going to spread the ball around, and he's going to find the open players. I'm not really sure what this means for this running back shit show between Barber and uh, Jones. Yeah, it doesn't give us any clarity. 
does not there, but I, I, I mean, last year I I picked one of my stink guys was Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. I think Mike Evans is going to be a top ten wide receiver again. Ooh, nice. I don't see that Leftwich knows how to again. He runs vertical, spreads the ball around, and he, he plays matchups. I li- I mean, I like the call. It's a good call. I know Bullfrog said it. He's an easy guy to dislike. Not Bullfrog, but Mike Evans. Maybe both of them. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to be... I also think he's going to be kind of good, which is why in our mock draft I took him in the first round. Ooh. I just think he's going to be good. Anything else to say about Byron Leftwich? No, I don't think there's that much to go off of my... I, I think the, the interesting part here is that it is Arian's offense. He's calling the plays, and I think he's going to do a good job finding... Uh, Highlighting his best player, and that is Mike Evans. Yeah, I've said it before uh, on the show. I liked what he did when he came in, and I thought he should have had an opportunity to stick around in Arizona uh, as the offensive coordinator. They got rid of him. Do you think, what's the impact on uh, Winston? Well, I mean, Leftwich is a quarterback that looked and played a lot like Winston. Rosen said that he liked Leftwich a lot. Yeah, so so maybe he helps a little bit. This is a make-or-break year for, for Winston, Absolutely. James Winston. So if he decides to listen and take some mentorship from a guy that looks like him, maybe maybe he'll be all right. All right, I'm gonna dive in with one of mine here. I'll start with the coach that I my one of my four that I want to talk the least about because we know exactly what he's gonna do, and I just don't think it's that interesting. That's uh, Daryl Bevel. He is going to Detroit uh, now. Daryl Bevel is an offensive coordinator that's been, that's been doing it for a while. He started doing it in 2006. Last year, he was out of the league, five years in Minnesota, five, six years in Seattle. He got fired, and he wasn't working at all last year, which is interesting and a little bit strange. Um, but that's beside the point. Look, when when Patricia was asked about what he wanted to do with that offense, he didn't he want to keep Jim Bob Cooter. Very plain and said, look, we're not going to do what the rest of the NFL is doing. I don't want a fancy new offense. I want an old school fucking football offense so that my deep, we've said it before, defensive coaches like slow games. Yeah. Well, Daryl Bevel, while he's an, he's an average coach. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but what he likes to do is run the ball whenever he can. Um, now he's averaged 15th in overall offense, whatever. His rushing offense, he's been inside the top 12, seven times. Wow. Uh, out of the, what, 13, 14 years he's been. OC outside of the top 12 five times but his passing game has I think been inside the top 12 twice right he wants to run the ball that's what he likes to do I think the benefits here are obviously for Kerryon Johnson CJ Anderson um, you know here's a little bit of history of running backs under Daryl Bevel Marshawn Lynch who's a fucking stud let's be real about that four years of 1200 yards Adrian Peterson who's a fucking stud three years of 1300 yard season. So you might ask yourself, hey, are you was comparing it Bevel? Or was it just that he's had great running backs? Well, here's the deal. He had one uh, season in, in Minnesota before AP came in, and his starting running back there was Chester Taylor. Chester, the molester. Also had a 1200 yard season, Chester Taylor in Minnesota. So I'm thinking it might have something to do with Daryl Bevel. He knows how to put a running game together. Uh, starting backs for Daryl Bevel over the course of his entire offensive coordinator career average 19.9 rushes per game. Not touches, but rushes per game. There's only one running back in the league that did better than that this year. That was Zeke at 20.3. 
they're going to run the ball on this team. Um, it's 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 uh, it's good for the running backs. The question is simply which running back is going to get the biggest benefit here. Daryl Bevel likes to run a power run scheme. This is a a man-to-man blocking scheme. It's not this zone thing that the whole world is going to, which means you need a big back who doesn't make a lot of cuts, runs to a spot. Uh, I think C.J. Anderson fits that style better. C.J. Anderson looks like Marshawn Lynch. C.J. Anderson looks like Adrian Peterson. Uh, but he's not. Carrion Johnson doesn't look like either of them, doesn't run like either of them. Now, I will say that Chester Taylor and Carrion Johnson look like the same man, so it's... It's, it's possible that either of them can perform there. Kieran Jones is a better running back. I'm just a little concerned that Bevel might see C.J. Anderson and say, I want him to have enough touches because he fits the game I like. I think when Kieran Johnson was in Auburn, he was a downhill runner. Okay. He was not. He was not a scat back. He was a downhill power back. But he ran a zone scheme, right? So he that. But he he was a downhill runner. Sure. I think again the the argument I have with C.J. Anderson is he was out of the league for what two years. And then he yeah. And, and he came in in week twelve when the whole fucking league is is fucking broken and burnt out. And he starts fucking running the ball again. Yeah, you made this point. You made this point last. Three weeks ago, a month ago. ago. And and I'm not trying to say C.J. Anderson is going to be the the stud running back. I'm just saying that um, Daryl Bevel might like him enough that he's enough a thorn in your side as a carry-on Johnson owner that you're not real happy about it. I'm Yeah, that's an accurate statement. I think he will be used too frequently. Yes, if you're the owner, it'll piss you off. Yeah. Uh, So the losers, obviously, is the entire passing game. Like I said, only twice inside the top 12. Um, for Daryl Bevel offenses in the passing game. Only two players, two players have ever had a 1,000-yard receiving seasons on a Daryl Bevel offense. Do you know who they are? He was in Minnesota. He was in Seattle. Doug Baldwin? Doug Baldwin's one. And he did it twice in his two big breakout years. And I think early, I mean, Moss was there with Chester Taylor, right? Uh, He was. uh, I don't think he was there at the same time. No? No. So it wasn't Moss. Mm -hmm. Another. I'll give you a hint. Please this do. This player played for both of those teams. Sidney Rice. Sidney Rice is correct. He had a thousand yard season. I think the second year that uh, Bevel was there. But look, receivers don't do well, so maybe temper your expectations for Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. Maybe temper your expect. People are all about some Kenny Galladay. I'm concerned about this passing game. All right, move on. Next coach on your list. Johnny D. Filippo in Jacksonville. He is the Andy Reid Doug Peterson coaching tree. Um, last year was 14 games with the Vikings. He had one season in Cleveland as the offense coordinator, and then one season with San Jose State as the offense coordinator. So we got three, about three seasons. Um, in the NFL, so I would tell you, both times he ranked 27th in rushing attempts. Mm. Pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, not great. Um, on the, on the flip side of that, he res- respectively ranked 11 and 6 in passing attempts. So he fucking passes the ball all the time. A couple things, I guess, that I would say is that he, he is reunited with, with Nick Foles, trying to get that magic going again. The only, the, some of the concerns that I found was that he showed tendencies to pigeonhole players, where he just fucking tries running the same play continuously, the same guy, doesn't ever actually get out of it. Mm. For instance, the, it was St- Stefan Diggs fucking screen passes. That's all he kept fucking throwing to him. There are only three games in 2018 where his running back went for over 100 yards. Ooh. Last year, the Vikings ranked 23rd in their red zone. I think this is, okay, with, with, with all of that bad information, I think this is good for Foles. I think it's good for the passing 
that the fucking wide receiver mess that's there with DJ Shark. I, I think DJ Shark is probably my favorite there. Uh, Marquise Lee and Didi, who I fucking don't like. Um, I think this is bad for Fournette. Uh, one more check in the negative box for Fournette. But he will I'll still be, be better than last year. Okay. By, what, 20 yards? I think, I think Fournette is very similar to what, what, uh, Henry was in 2018. Probably running back 18, 16 to 20, somewhere in that range. I hate him. Yeah. Well, that doesn't matter that you fucking hate him. Or we're trying to give stats right now. Yeah. That's fair. My turn? Yeah. Let's go to Baltimore. Greg Roman. Talked about Bevel a minute ago and how much Bevel likes to run the ball. Well, guess what, guys? Greg Roman likes to run the ball more. And he's better at it than Daryl Bevel. This is a, I actually think Greg Roman is one of the best high OC hires of the season for what the team needs and the sure. team wants to do. I think it's a he, scheme. I think he fits this team and the personnel on the team as well as anybody else that was hired this year. Greg Roman has spent five years as an OC in the past. He was in San Francisco for a while uh, in the early 2010s, went to Buffalo after that. Look, his five offenses over the course of those five years have never finished outside the top nine in rushing attempts in the league. Okay, Third in the league, seventh, third, ninth, and second. He runs the ball a lot. More interestingly, his offenses have never finished outside the bottom four in pass attempts. That's garbage. 31st, 31st, 32nd, 29th, and 31st. Talk about a guy that likes to do one fucking thing. Talk about a guy that fits... Lamar Jackson to a T. You cannot throw the ball, but he can certainly run. Um, not only does he run the ball a lot, but he's never finished outside the top eight in rushing production yards per game. So he also puts together a pretty good run scheme. Uh, Greg Roman likes to run the ball. He also likes to run the ball with quarterbacks. He's had some quarterbacks that have been good at it in the past. Colin Kaepernick was with him for three seasons, 415 yards at least each season. That included the 640-yard year he had in 2014. Tyrod Taylor was his quarterback in Buffalo, 568 yards uh, in that last 2016 season there in Buffalo as well. So he runs the ball successfully with quarterbacks that know how to do it. Uh, I, I just think it's a really good fit. Benefits, players that benefit here, Lamar Jackson's going to benefit because he's going to get opportunities to run the ball, which is what he's good at. He's not going to have to throw the ball a whole lot, which is what he's bad at. Obviously, Mark Ingram also benefits pretty greatly here. Not only does Greg Roman like to run the ball, but he likes to run the ball with one back. The most a second or backup running back has ever gotten um, when there was a running quarterback on a Greg Roman team was 18% of the carry share, which is almost nothing. I mean, in a good split backfield, you're looking at a running back by committee. You might be looking at 45 to 40% for the second back. 18% is the most a second back has ever gotten on this team. And 18, only 18 because Shady missed three games in 2015. It would have been a lot less than that. It's usually closer to 13 or 14%. Now, I will say Kendall Hunter had 22%, but that was when Alex Smith was the quarterback for Greg Roman. He can't run the ball. So almost all of the carries are going to go to Mark uh, Mark Ingram or Lamar Jackson on this team. It's just what he does. Expect that to happen. Um... I think Mark Ingram's stock is going to raise in my rankings next year because of my research today. Lamar Jackson might come up a little bit as well. Lamar Jackson is going to come up. I mean, without a doubt, he will. Do you, I'm assuming that you like Ingram and only Ingram. Who else? Gus Edwards? I mean, 
Kenny Dixon still there? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I, yes. It's I, I mean, for, 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 from a fantasy standpoint, you can only buy into Ingram. I'm not sure. Is there a wide receiver that you can actually actually talk about there? No. 31st, 31st, 32nd, 29th, and 31st. Those are the passing attempt numbers under Greg Roman offenses. And he's had quarterbacks that threw better than Lamar Jackson in every one of those years. Did Kaepernick's are better than him? Absolutely, Kaepernick's are better than <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Right, that's really good. Did, did you watch Lamar Jackson play at all? Yeah, he was year? pretty bad. My God. I'm going to go here with the next offensive coordinator will be Dirk Cutter out of, and now he's back in Atlanta. Back to his roots. Yeah. Um, he was a previous offensive coordinator in Atlanta from 2012 to 2014. During that time, I think it is, it, you have to highlight the fact that Matt Ryan was the number one quarterback for one of those years. He's been in the, he's been in the coaching, as offensive coordinator, at least calling plays for 38 years in coaching. He runs the Eric Coriel offense zone schemes. He favors the pass, aggressive vertical game. Twice since 2012 did he have rushing attempts that was greater than the 22nd ranking. Hmm. That's bad. That's that's bad. That's bad for uh, Freeman. That's bad for Freeman. Edo Smith. Just he just doesn't doesn't do it. Uh, how about Barber and Jones last year? What they do? Zip shit. Useless. Correct. Mm-hmm. And did anyone do anything as a Tampa Bay running back since he's been there? No. Not that I can recall. Um, his total offensive yards was always was all but once outside the top half. So I think that's impressive. At least he puts up he puts up yards. You saw. I mean in. More than anything, this is with his quarterback play, right? You saw a fucking stupid, stupid quarterback play between Winston and your boy Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic last year, he just fucking puts up puts up tons of yards in, in bad in bad fourth quarters, third quarters. Just puts up lots of yards. Well, the thing I remember is that he just runs a shitload of plays, right? Like Tampa Bay ran a shitload of plays last season. Here's the only thing: it doesn't equate into the top half of points. Really. Correct. I think this is good for Julio, Kelvin, Austin Hooper. Again, he, he's he's going to spread the he's going to spread the ball around. He runs an aggressive vertical game. That's good for Julio. You you said before this is terrible for Devonta Freeman. I, he's not. I already told you Devonta Freeman is going to probably finish outside the top fifteen anyways. Sure. I don't have any faith in him. Edo Smith, no way. Don't buy into those guys. But you can buy into Matt Ryan, Austin Hooper, Kelvin, and, and Julio. Dan Quinn, former defensive guy, defensive right, defensive coordinator, wants to be. He's the head coach. He wants to run a balanced offense. I'm not sure how balanced it's going to be, but Dirk Cutter is going to throw the ball a lot. And Freeman's probably going to get 15 to 20 carries at most if he stays healthy. Well, 20 carries is a great game. Probably closer to 10 to 15 is my guess. Probably get 15 and probably not many yards is my my feeling sure. here. All right, uh, let's move on. I'm going to talk. Washington Redskins, one of the worst teams in the league, probably going to be one of the worst teams in the league, maybe the worst team in the league this year. But I want to talk about Kevin O'Connell. That's not going to be the worst team. Miami? Yes, but without a doubt. I think both between those two. Miami, hands down. Could be close. Uh, let's talk about Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell is a first-year offensive coordinator, but he has been a passing game coordinator in the past, which means... Uh, he designed the passing game. He's been a quarterback's coach for a few years now. Um, as as I started looking over all these 17 hires, the thing that kept coming up is like quarterback coaches. That is the stepping stone to offensive coordinator these days. The NFL today is a quarterback's league. But uh, Kevin O'Connell is one of these guys. And, you know, if you just take a minute and Google Kevin O'Connell, you will see article after article after article that says Kevin O'Connell is the next up-and-coming whatever, right? Uh, another young guy, young offensive mind out of Washington. 
Um, he did never coach with Sean McVay. They were never on the same staff, but people are talking about him in the same vein because, hey, they both coached for Washington for a while. Because he's from the Gruden tree. Yeah. He's also, well, <laughs> look, the coaching tree, I, I found this really interesting. I saw it in an article. It said that Kevin O'Connell is the second coach hired this year from the Tom Brady coaching tree. Ooh. There, Kevin O'Connell was a backup quarterback to Tom Brady. You know who else was that was hired as a coach this year? Tell him more. Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury. Both of them. Backup quarterbacks to Tom Brady. Now coaches. Tom Brady has his own coaching tree in the NFL, which is really interesting. 43? What's that? What is Brady? He's 40-something. I don't know. Really old. But, yeah, people will tell you. People uh, apparently all over the league love this guy because he's a great – he's the quarter, He's another quarterback whisperer, right? He's a great young offensive mind that's great with <clears throat> quarterbacks. Look, the scheme that this guy wants to run, he has said it in interview after interview after interview, and beat writers have said it after watching OTAs uh, just for a handful <clears throat> of weeks. He wants to stretch the field. The thing that he's really pissed off about last year is that Alex Smith wouldn't throw the ball down the field. He wants to chuck it down the field, spread the field. He wants explosive plays. And look, Paul Richardson is coming back from an injury last year. They hired him to be a deep ball threat. Josh Doxson can be a deep ball threat. They've got the receivers to do it. My big question is, do they have the quarterbacks to do it? Right now, Case Keenum is running most of the first-team offense. Uh, Case Keenum can throw it downfield. He just can't hit a target downfield. Case Keenum's not a good quarterback. Dwayne Haskins, you know, they drafted him really early in the draft this year. I don't know that he has the chops to chuck it downfield. They did a lot of screen pass game in Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins, although the team and the coaching staff swears he's great at it so far in this offseason. Dwayne Haskins has an arm. We know that. We know he can chuck it, but can he chuck it accurately? That's the Case Keenum problem. I, you know, Colt McCoy is fighting for a job. Whatever. I don't know that they have the quarterbacks to do it, but he really wants to stretch the field. We'll see what will happen there. He wants his quarterbacks to to run a long to short progression. So the first route they look for is the deep ball, and then they come back um, toward the shorter routes, intermediate routes. You know, maybe this ends up benefiting somebody like Trey Quinn if he, if, if, if either Haskins or Keenum can actually run through route progressions. Um, they'll get down to that shorter route relatively quickly. Who do you expect to be the starting quarterback here? Because this matters a lot cool. here. I think Case Keenum starts the season. It's not Alex Smith. It's hit. Alex Smith. He's coming back. Said today that he wants to play football again. Yeah. He's still learning to walk again. He's not playing this year. Yeah, he is. Fuck no. Okay. All right. Fuck no. Um, it's Case Keenum to start the season, I think. Uh, Haskins will end up taking... It's Case Keenum's job to lose. But this is what he wants to do. I want to talk for a second about his this guy's quarterback history, Kevin O'Connell, because, again, they say that he's great with quarterbacks. They say that he's the quarter, a quarterback whisperer, great offensive mind. Let me just run down his history. The quarterbacks he's worked with as a QB coach... And passing game coordinator. You tell me if he's a quarterback whisperer. In 2015, he was with the Cleveland Browns. That was the year that Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, got the starting job there. How'd he do? <laughs> Colin Kaepernick's last season in 2016, um, he was the quarterback's coach for the man. Worst season he's ever had. Got fired uh, before the season was did he finish the season as a starter? I don't know. Cap, he, no, he did I don't not. Know he did. He was a back by the end of the year. Kirk Cousins in 2017. Kirk Cousins is great, right? Well, in 2017, with Kevin O'Connell as his quarterback's coach, Cousins put up his 
worst record as a starter, fewest passing attempts as a starter, lowest completion percentage, least yards, most interceptions, worst passer rating, and worst QBR in his career as a starter when Kevin O'Connell was his quarterback's coach. Last season, Alex Smith, 10 touchdowns in 10 games. Josh Johnson, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, those are all the quarterbacks that he helped coach last year. The only guy that's any good out of that, those five names you mentioned is Kirk Cousins, right? And not in the season that but, he but, played. But, right? Out of, uh, but, but that's, I guess that I would argue, to O'Connell's credit, Football, Johnny Football is terrible. Caps, Cap, Colin Kaepernick had two great seasons as quarterback. Under Roman, when he was running the ball. Sure. When he was running the ball first and then throwing the ball like a rocket when guys were getting open. Cousins is a, I would say he's an NFL quarterback who, that that's kind of astonishing that how bad his numbers were. Yeah. There's some bad fucking quarterbacks that have played with this guy. You read the stuff that says he's great. I don't see the history that tells me. You read the stuff that says he wants his scheme to be a deep ball, explosive play thing. I don't see the quarterback that can do it for him. I want to say, hey, look at Paul Richards and Josh Stockson deep, but I can't tell you to do that. Can you stop on that for a second? I think that's an interesting point because this is the same thing that Dirk Cutter wants to do, right? Yeah. He wants wants to run aggressive downfield, and it works when you can when you can drop back in seven step drops. And, and when your line fucking sucks, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Yeah. That's why it didn't fucking work in Tampa. Right. I, does Washington have a good line? Right now, is it their left tackle says I'm not playing another game for not fucking Washington? Play for him again. Yep. That, that's not good. It's not great. So I, I don't love, as much as you want to say the scheme's going to fit the passing game, I don't love it. It's going to be pass heavy. I think that's trouble for all the running, well, some of the running backs there. Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson. These guys are not good receiving backs. And as good as Adrian Peterson has always been, He's never been good in pass protection. Never. He's never been a good pass blocker. He can't pick up a blitz. AP can't pick up a blitz? I promise you. He's garbage. The last time I saw somebody rank um, pass blocking or pass protection running backs was in 2017. AP came in like 48th place. He can't pick up a blitz. AP's a big guy. He's garbage at it. He can't read it. Um, Bryce Love they drafted this year. Also a garbage pass protector and a garbage receiver. There's only one... Running back on this fucking roster that's any good at pass pro or catching the ball out of the backfield, Chris Thompson. Thompson. Uh, does, does that mean I should, think you should go get him? Absolutely not. What I'm saying is this. There's not a person on this offense that you should consider. I love Darius Geis and his talent, but after researching this guy, he's dead to me. All right. Quick no. question for you. I mean, you you basically said how bad this is going to be, and, and that you actually said this is the the could this potentially is the, the case to be the worst team in the NFL. I don't think it's possible. Miami has hands down won that already. If you pick a if you pick a stat to determine the worst in the league, I will bet you that Washington Redskins will be that. What's the, what is the statistical category you want to pick? Um, I will do yards. We can pick yards. Oh, I'll take yards hands down. I'll bet that I'll bet yards. Yeah, right. Washington will will not have the the least amount of yards in the NFL. Well, no, you're saying Miami will. I'm saying Washington won't. Which one of those two teams will be worse? Miami, but I'm saying Washington. That's not the bet. What you said, Washington will, will lose every. Will, and you said Miami will be the worst. Yeah, I'm just saying that Washington won't be the least in so yards. You pick one. Well, you're picking that Washington's going to be. We're not making the bet, then. You're such a bitch about these bets. <laughs> Tell me about your next coach. Well, I, I, here's my question, though, to you. Yeah. Is Arizona a better team than them? 100%. Really? Yes. I think 
Cliff is a terrible coach. But okay. Well, we talked about this, right? Like, you know, they might not win a bunch of games, but they're going to have stats off the ass in Arizona. I agree with you, that, but they might win two games. They might be the worst one. They might be the... Oh, they're going to win more games than they did last year. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my team. This is one of my, my more... This is the favorite guy that I at least I saw when I was ranking my coaches. This is Kevin Stefanski, the good old Polish character. Hey. Yeah, he's great. He's from Poland. Isn't he from Poland? I don't know. His name's Stefanski. That's what you fucking <laughs> is it think Stefanski? of. Is Stefanski? Stefanski. Does it fucking matter? Well, you're from the um, Chicagoland area. You should say Stefanski because... He know. is Joey's the longest tenured coach on the Vikings staff. All the way back to Brad Childress. Is that right? That is accurate. Um, he took over from D- Filippo and prior to Week 15, folks, they kept him. He had consistency, continuity among the players. Uh, I think there's important numbers here is that for three straight games, 15, 16, 17, Delvin Cook saw three, three straight games of 100 yards. Prior to that with DiFilippo, he had three three games the entire year between weeks one and 14. Mm. DiFilippo just didn't run the ball. DiFilippo went from 21.3 rushes per game. from with in, in Prior to that, Shermer was 31.3. With Stefanski, it was, it was again closer to Shermer up in the above 25. I think Stefan Diggs had three straight games under this with touchdowns each week. Cook went over 15 points per game after this. This is great for Devin Cook. It's good for Diggs, good for Thielen. I think this is, this is an offense you can buy back into. I thought Froggy hit on the head when he said Devin Cook is going to be a good person to buy. Uh, I, I get behind him on that. I think he's right on that. Expect Cousins to put up good numbers again. Do you buy into Dalvin Cook beating Joe Mixon out, though? You're going to take part in that bet when the doctor comes in here and makes it with Well, what's the bet? I mean, overall, like, I don't know what the bet is. I'm not going to be a part of it. I don't want anything to do with it. Well, here's a question, though, for you. Both those guys were probably your top ten running backs, right? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good running backs that's coming into this year. They'll both be right around ten, yeah. Probably between eight and twelve, for sure. I think both those guys will be between six and ten. Okay. I, I think you can probably get. I would probably. I would pick Cook because that offense will put up more points. Yeah, probably. And they're going against the best defense in the league tw- twice, and that's the fucking Chicago Bears. Oh yeah. But not anymore. Yes, they still have the best defense in the NFL, without a doubt. That that one of the better offenses in the league. Okay. Who is your favorite fucking offense corner type of? My favorite one amongst all this research, it, it's interesting because I don't like this team for for fantasy, but I, I like it more after researching this guy. Don't know how to say his name. We're going to Denver. This is Rich Scangarello. Oh, Scangarello. Rich. I've totally heard of this guy before. Yeah, whatever the fuck his name is. Look, um, he doesn't have a ton of coaching experience in the NFL. He was in Atlanta as an offensive quality control guy in 2015. He was the quarterback's coach for the last two seasons in San Francisco. Bounced around. Uh, he's been coaching football for 20 years, mostly in really small D2 and D3 colleges. But his limited experience in the NFL all came under Kyle Shanahan. He is a legit Kyle Shanahan coaching tree guy. Uh, after one year with Shan- his first year with Shanahan in Atlanta, he went and. Uh, took over the offensive coordinator position at Wagner, which is this really, really small college. Whack off. So the nice thing about him doing that is we saw him call all the plays there, and immediately after just one season, he was implementing a lot of what Kyle Shanahan does on his offense. 
He came back and spent two more years with Shanahan in San Francisco, so there's no reason to believe that this rich guy is not going to try to institute a lot of what Shanahan likes to do. Those are RPOs, right? Jet sweeps, a vertical passing attack, zone scheme run. Hang on. He's not going to be running RPOs with Joe Flacco. Well, uh, he may try. Who's the guy that they drafted? Drew Locke? There's a reason they drafted Drew Locke. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> he uh, screen, screen options is something that they like to run in that offense. Lots of two running backs or two tight end sets. They like to overload zones, run like trips on one side with wide receivers. So these are some things that Shanahan likes to do. Kyle Shanahan does. Um, and I fully expect Denver to try to implement as many of these things as possible in there as well. The one question that I really have here is this. Uh, Mike Munchak as the offensive line coach and the run game coordinator. Okay. So when it comes to the running game, obviously Munchak is going to have some input there, probably a lot of input there, maybe even the majority of the input there. Here's the issue. Kyle Shanahan and presumably Rich Scangarello really love the zone running scheme. Mike Munchak is very, very stoutly in the gap running scheme camp. Okay, the difference is this. In a zone run scheme, an offensive lineman goes to a spot and blocks whoever's there. In a gap run scheme, an offensive lineman picks a man and blocks that man before the snap. Completely different schemes. The difference for the running back is this. In a gap scheme, you know what hole you're running to before the the ball is snapped and you run to that hole. In a zone scheme, the play is stretched out and you find a hole, right? You have two or three options and you find the hole that opens up. Okay, so it's very different for for linemen, but more importantly for our purposes, it's very different for running backs. These are very different skill sets for running backs. The reason I want to talk about that is this. In college, Philip Lindsay ran, exclusively ran, the gap run scheme. Royce Freeman exclusively ran the zone blocking run scheme. So what I really want to watch this offseason, what you should watch this offseason is, which one of these schemes wins out in Denver? Which one of these blocking schemes and running schemes is going to be the one that they run most often? Um, and, and that's not to say if it's a gap scheme, it's only going to be Lindsay. If it's a zone scheme, it's only going to be Freeman. But whichever scheme they pick, one of those running backs is going to have an easier time because they spent the majority of their high-level football playing in that one scheme. I'm pulling for the zone scheme because I like Royce Freeman, but we'll see. Other players that I think are benefited from the offense that I think Scandarello is going to try to run here, um, you know, the tight ends. They've got a whole bunch of young tight ends. They drafted Noah Fant this year. They got Hireman. They got Jake Butt a couple of years ago who spent some time hurt. Even Troy Fumagalli, whatever. Um, if they run a lot of two tight end sets, they run a lot of two tight ends out there. You already know what I think about Flacco and his tight ends. I think there might be some value in whichever tight end or tight ends end up on the field in Denver. Also, you look at the the wide receivers here. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, between the two of them, one of them is a good deep threat, vertical threat guy. One of them is not. Cortland Sutton had 6.4 air yards per target last season. Deshaun Hamilton, 4.2 air yards per target. Scandarello is going to try to air it out, throw it downfield. We know Flacco's got a big arm. I think Cortland Sutton has the advantage over Hamilton because of what he's good at versus what Hamilton is. Uh, And then there's a lot of screen passes, a lot of short um, screen pass option sorts of things that happen in this offense. If Emmanuel Sanders can get back on the field, he's great at that thing. So maybe some value in Sutton, maybe some value in Sanders. 
see what happens in that run game before you pick the running back that you like. Well, if you had to pick one of these guys right now, who would you pick? Are we talking receivers or running backs? Um, again, I, I what we talked about before with Flacco is he's never actually supported. I, I think he did support uh, Steve Smith once for for a year as yes. number two wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but realistically, he just doesn't support wide receivers enough. So I'm not sure I would actually recommend drafting either of those guys. I think if I had to, I'd pick. I'd, I'd still take Sanders. Um, but I, again, I think what we talked about before was. With Vic Fangio's offense, it's going to be slow. It's going to be plotting. It's going to be running the ball. The likelihood here is there's two complete different offenses. One's a zone run scheme, which Scangarello follows versus the gap run scheme. I'm very interested. I, I, like this is this is one of those things, and the reason I like this guy is because like I'm gonna have to watch. We're gonna have to watch these preseason games to see what they're doing because it's gonna make a difference. To me, as far as do you think that Vic Fangio will tell them what he wants to run? I don't. I think Vic Fangio is smart enough to come in and say, "Look, I don't know shit about offense. I'd like the game to be slowed down a little bit, but go ahead." I've got to believe here he's going to go with his own scheme. You think so? You think the run game coordinator is not going to have some say? I I don't know what the what the fuck does run game run game coordinator mean? It means the coordinator. He's not calling the plays, is he? So so. And anytime you research coaches, you know, one of the first things I like to do is I like to research all the positional things and like typically what on a team does each actual coach do. And even when an offensive line coach is not called the run game coordinator, an offensive line coach has a lot of say in the type of running scheme. The offensive line coach does. I agree with you. So he is the offensive line coach and run game coordinator Munchak is this year. Yeah, I'm just not sure what the second title actually means. The offensive line coach does mean a lot, but here's my feeling is the offensive coordinator is going to choose what he wants to do, and the offensive line coach is going to have to ask, coach these guys to that scheme. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, to your point about the receivers, Cortland Sutton's going in the ninth round right now, Emmanuel Sanders in the tenth, uh, Deshaun Hamilton not till the fourteenth. If I'm picking any one of these guys, look, hopefully by now I've got four good wide receivers. I'm going to take Cortland Sutton here because my expectation is that he'll be he'll be a home run hitter kind of guy that might have you know, a couple of deep balls in a game that might do something for me. I don't expect a ton from any of them because it's the quarterback and it's the head coach here, but um, give me the home run hitter here if I'm trying to pick a fifth or even sixth wide receiver. Okay. All right. That's my thoughts. Is that it? That's it. Did we just run through those OCs? Pretty quick. Man. You supposed to be long. Wait, we moved. Fuck yeah. It's about fucking time. All right, let's take a shot. Blender's Pride, just because we, <laughs> just because we have to. This smell is even getting worse. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, so it's, it is getting worse as we're going, folks. This is the best part about this. This show, <laughs> unlike this show, it's getting better. Blender's pride that we're taking is getting worse over time. It's getting so bad. Oh, my God. Please, if you live in the Michigan area, come find us and we'll give you a taste. Uh, before we leave, uh, I got a lesson of the day. Do you want Do you have one? No, no. I don't have lessons of the day. Okay. I have two of them. First. Oh, God. Know your fucking coaches, guys. It's paramount in fantasy football. Know who's coaching your boys. It makes 
a huge difference. 17 new offense. That's more than half the league has a new offensive coordinator. Know your fucking coaches. There's a tremendous amount of information that, that these guys will bring to the table that will make or break your season. And it's not hard to find. Spend a little time. Find it. Number two, those fucking Indians know how to make some whiskey. Delicious. All right. Fuck off. Uh, Do something with your life. Thank you for listening. All right. We're back. Briefly. (laughs) The Wiz has come to his senses. I'm going to my senses or you come to your senses? We are going to make a bet. We're going total offensive yards. Which team's worse? I'm taking the Washington Redskins. And you're taking... The shitty Miami Dolphins for the it's good doctor. A bet. Yay! All right, fuckos. That's it. Enjoy your day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com.